Previously on Doctor Who True 15. So then, where do you want to go? Uh, New Earth, I think. New London? Muto Corporation now introducing body transfiguration. All I know is that my friend has gone missing, Rosemary. Although she hated her name, so everyone just called her Ray. Although now, there's only me. Everyone else has just vanished. Like she hurts. I came into work this morning and everyone had disappeared. And those that were, they didn't act anything like how they usually act. I don't think they are human. So then, where's my friend? Well, we couldn't be certain which one of you was the doctor. So we thought we would test both of you. Regeneration would be extremely useful for our master plan. Oh, basically what this machine does is to take out minds of the people and place them into bodies of the superior race. Unfortunately, we have to hide their beauty under a disguise. Those green pods are cloning chambers. They clone specific subjects we have in there. We only use the clones for their skin as that's what gets placed on the superior one's body. I wonder how long we've been down here? How many people they've managed to change? To convert? The slime blocks brainwaves, right? So, maybe the slime gives off some sort of gas, which rises into the vents and gets pumped out into the lobby, or maybe even into the outside world. I'm guessing that the slime allows normal, everyday people to access the hive mind of the Cybermen. One of the instructions in the hive mind is probably especially made for the people. The instruction being to get the surgery and want it. Now that we have you under control, we can finally get underway with our plan. Wait. My regeneration energy. Ah! Oh! These are my regeneration energy. Hopefully, Mark can do something. Oh, this is gonna end very badly. <sighs> A boy runs up to a man in an office chair smoking a pipe. He jumps up and down as he shows the man something on his computer screen. Dad, 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 look, I just got this a new game. Wants to have a. What's right now, boy? Don't you see I'm busy? What with? None of your business! He hits the boy's face with the back of his hand. The boy looks at his dad holding his face. Tears begin to well up in his eyes. He places the laptop on the table. Sorry for disturbing you. Too right, too. Don't you dare do it again. The boy begins to leave the room, sad and hurt. The phone in the office rings and his dad answers it. Hello. Oh, Ray. How are things over at company building? Good, good. Well, that's sad to hear. Anything I can do to help? My dad always praised his workers over me, his son. He never cared about what I did, ever. At that point in my life, I had no one. I could never ask anyone for help. So what I used to do was just sit outside and look at the sky above, the battlefield of the new war raging overhead. I used to watch bits of Cybermen scrap 
land in the distant parts of the land. It was beautiful, just watching them sparkle as they fell down. Human parts couldn't do that. On that day, the day that my father hit me for the first time, I went outside as a way to calm down, as a way to separate myself from my father. And as I watched, lying on the grass of the garden, one piece fell glistening, more brightly, more beautiful than any other in the sky that day. I watched as it broke apart on its teeth and descent toward me. I watched as it landed right at the end of my garden with a large bang. The boy got up from his lying down position. He slowly walked up to the point of impact. As he got closer, he was able to better tell what it was. Oh, hello, Mr. Head. My name is Marcus. Marcus Murdoch. <laughs> there they were. My friend. My master. grabs hold of the chair's pipe, arms covered tightly. Another wave of extreme pain came over him. He could feel the life inside of him drain away. He looked around the room in desperation. That has to be something here. A way out. He tries to free his immovable arms in a failed attempt of escape. It's no oh, use. Mark better come up with a good plan. Come on, Mark. Please. Mark stands in a crouched position, watching as the Cybermen carry people away. He looks for a means of escape, a means to find the doctor, but there was none. He looked down at his hand, holding the doctor's sonic in a tube of the gooey stuff from the basement. As he looked down at the sonic, a shockwave of pain covered his head. <laughs> what is it you want me to do please? Suddenly, Mark gets pulled back against the Cyberman's metal bodywork. Mark felt his feet leave the ground in the jagged, walking motion of the Cyberman walk. Suddenly, Mark's arms started to move all by themselves almost as if the headache was controlling him. What's happening? Mark watched with complete confusion as his hand pointed and buzzed the crest in the center of the Cyberman's chest. It came undone almost instantly. Suddenly, his hand holding the sonic shot into an open hole. It then buzzed the sonic once more. Resistance is, 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 is. Mark got dropped onto the floor as the Cyberman began to shake in the place it stood. Mark looked down at his hand in complete awe. Why does this keep happening? First in the TARDIS, now here. 
Mark then snapped back into reality as the Cyberman stopped shaking. He slowly edged back, unaware of what he had just done. The Cyberman looked around, almost as if it was confused about its surroundings. It looked at Mark and went towards him. Mark edged back quicker. Hey, I'm not going to hurt you. What's happening? Oh, but you're a... A what? A Cyberman. A, a what? They looked down at their hands, not believing what they saw. What on new earth? Oh, no. What's happened to me? Non-Cybermind detected. It must be neutralized immediately. Every Cyberman dropped what it was doing and headed straight for the human-like Cyberman. Mark stepped back, not wanting to get involved. He watched as the human-like Cyberman looked around at the circle of Cybermen forming around them and closing in on them. It couldn't go anywhere. Suddenly, there was a massive blast of the familiar blue static. It came from the center of the group and spread outwards, electrifying all the Cybermen and people in the vicinity. They all collapsed to the ground, leaving the human-like Cyberman standing there scared. Mark timidly got up and headed towards them, stepping over Cyberman bodies as he went. Hey, you did it. Look. But how? That doesn't matter at the moment. What does matter is getting rid of that metal barrier. Think you can do that? As I said, how? Well, I'm guessing it's all based on your current emotion. Seeing as when you were distressed, you did that amazing shockwave thing. Maybe try making yourself angry or something. Okay. While you do that, I'll go check to see if the people are okay. Mark leaves and crouches over the closest person. He checks them over and tries opening their eyelids. No response. He then checks their pulse. This person is alive, just unconscious. He gets up and heads to another person. What's your name, by the way? It's Rosemary. Although I like to be called Ray. Hey, I think I met your friend. Don't worry, she's okay. Well, I, I think she is. Suddenly, a plasma cylinder came flying out at Ray's arm. It hit the metal barrier, which in turn disintegrated. Mark looks up happily. Well, that was different. <laughs> what made you do that? I guess it's because I was happy. I don't know. That actually makes a lot of sense, seeing as how Cybermen are such evil creatures. Well, from what I've seen of them, anyway. So then, distress creates that electric field and happiness creates that bullet? Anyway, we have to go. These people are fine, just unconscious. So you're just going to leave them? Well, yeah, we can't carry them out, can we? Mark begins running to the exit, overjoyed about finally seeing the outside world through the broken window. Right then. I guess the next steps are we find the TARDIS. The what? You know what? It doesn't matter. Let's go. doctor sat in the confinement of the chair. His fingers were starting to tire from holding the chair arm so tightly, but they just kept tensing up. Suddenly, the floor beneath him shook. Oh, Mark. I knew you could do something. 
Please just be a bit quicker about it. Mark and Ray, now outside the building, hid behind a part of the metal barrier as a group of Cybermen walked past them and entered the building. Ray looked around at her city depressed. It's ruined! She looked at all the rubble, crashed cars and such. Every single bit of damage filled her with more dread. Oh no, it's sad, but we have to keep with the task at hand, okay? Otherwise you may never get back to normal. Wait, you can change me back? I hope so. Right then, let's go. Quickly. The pair got up from their pretty shabby hiding spot and began walking down the now Cyberman-free rubble-filled road. They neared closer to the TARDIS, placed in the center of the destroyed square. There it is. That's going to help us? You're mad. You probably can't even help me. Please just trust me. Who else have you got to trust? There isn't anyone here. If you stick with me, then there's at least some chance at survival. Prove it. To this, Mark went up to the TARDIS and tried the door. It was locked. Hey, let me in. I know you don't like me much, but I think the doctor is in danger. Please help us. Did that box just reply? Does that really matter at the moment? He turns back to the TARDIS. You know I'm not lying. Just let us in. Thank you. Come on. Or do you still not trust me? Mark enters the TARDIS, and Ray follows him soon after. She looks around at the interior, surprised that it was so much bigger. She looked around in awe, although it was hard to tell through her cyber helmet. Now then, just uh, sit down and make yourself comfy while I try and figure out the controls. Ray slowly moves towards a nearby chair. She sits down on it while still trying to work out what she was seeing was possible. Just as Mark lowered his hand onto the console, the TARDIS ejected something from inside of the console. Oh, what's this? Maybe try putting the vial you're holding into the hole. Good idea. Mark placed the vial into the hole and it immediately retracted back into the TARDIS. Okay then, back to business. What does this button do? Okay, that's the... Are you okay? Yep. Yep, this is... Good thing, just give it a sec. Mark's hand slammed down to the controls. He whizzes around the console, pressing buttons as he went. Ray had no idea what she was seeing, just that to her, he was pressing completely random buttons. And finally... <laughs> yes, I did it! Oh, fuck. I don't know how much more of this I can take. <clears throat> wow. Is it rough? The doctor gave the Cybermen in the room an angry stare. It annoyed him how his stare wasn't making them react. Suddenly, he felt a breeze go across his face. The doctor instantly oh. knew what it was. No way. No way. It is. Yes. The Cybermen began to stand guard. 
One of them spoke into their wrist. TARDIS ON SIGHT! TARDIS ON SIGHT! Suddenly, the TARDIS flew through a hole that grew out of nowhere. It circled the room in an out-of-control way, crashing against the walls as it did so. It began to tip downwards, and as it did, it lowered. It finally landed on the ground with a loud bang, landing directly on top of the two Cybermen. The doors opened, and Mark stepped out. He looked at the damage he had caused. Uh, whoops. I will say, I wasn't expecting that. Press that switch over there. The doctor nodded his head towards the switch Muto flicked before leaving the room. Mark headed straight for it and flicked it upwards. The doctor's back relaxed as the machine turned off. Thanks. Ray stepped out of the TARDIS and the doctor reared back in his chair, scared. Did the Cyberman just step out of my TARDIS? Or am I hallucinating? No, that's a Cyberman. And yes, it did just step out of your TARDIS. It's okay, it's human. Whoa. Hang on. You turned off its emotional inhibitor, didn't you? How clever. Did I? Well, that's good. Anyway, get me out this damn chair. Oh, right. He points the sonic at the chair and presses the button. Other than the light turning on, nothing happened. Mark lowered the sonic once more. Think and press, okay? I'm sure you already know that, but still. Mark follows the doctor's advice and uses the sonic on the handcuffs. So then why did they put you in this chair? Probably because they needed a massive amount of energy for some reason. The yellow stuff that chair is collecting from me contains large amounts of energy, so it's a great source of fuel. Who knows what for, though? Ah, that's better. Okay, then. Who's this, then? I'm Ray. Nice to meet you. Anyways. Who's he? He's the doctor. Probably our best bet of getting out of here. Will he help me get back to normal? They watch as the doctor grabs hold of one of the Cybermen heads, sticking out of the base of the TARDIS. He then tugs <laughs> it hard, so that it falls away from its body. I'm sure of it. Hey Mark, can I have my Sonic back please? Mark hands the doctor the Sonic, which he then inserts up the base of the Cyberman's skull, in the place where its neck used to be. Suddenly, some lights come on from the inside. Yes! Now that's lucky. He runs into the TARDIS keeping his eyes on the inside of the head. Mark and Ray follow him, confused as to what he is up to. What are you doing? Well, I'm hoping to be able to access the hive mind using this head here. If I just plug the TARDIS into the head, then... How is this going to help me? I mean, us. Well... Aha! Something pops up on the monitor, something totally foreign to Mark and Ray. The doctor starts typing on the keyboard, and something a bit more understandable comes up. Well, since there's something wrong with your cyber suit, Ray, you've been disconnected from the hive mind. Thankfully, we've been provided with Cyberman heads, and thankfully we were quick enough at the center of the hive mind to not notice the damage of this particular Cyberman. 
Therefore, we're able to connect to the hive mind as the TARDIS can emulate all the working parts of a sideman's body digitally. Well, why do we need to access this hive mind? The doctor points at something on the screen, presumably a map of some sort. This shows the locations of all known sidemen connected to this particular hive mind. The doctor points at a type of graph, its contents keep changing. This is basically all the commands entering the sidemen's systems. If I just turn up the volume... Oh, hang on. Damage on lower floor. Should we investigate? No. Leave it. We have more pressing matters. Is that a Cyberman? It sounds like it's talking better English than the rest of them. Yes. Kind of like one Cyberman we know very well. Muto? That's the one. A Cyberman has left the Cybermind. Should it be investigated? Where is this located? In the prisoner's cell. Immediate investigation needed. Cyberman 29090 and Cyberman 2039 investigate. Well, they're talking about us. Usually in this situation I'll just use the cloaking device. But since they aren't fully organic beings, they'll be able to easily see us even through the cloaking device. So... Where are we going? The doctor points to another map on the monitor. See there? It's showing all the places around the building which are powered. This one in particular. The doctor points at a large red area on the map. Is an area of interest. Look at what percentage of power is going through to it. Now this means it's probably where the centre of the hive mind is kept. Well, I'm hoping anyway. Why are you hoping that? Well, if it is, we may be able to destroy it and stop the Cybermen from doing whatever they're doing. Wouldn't that do something to me, then? As I said before, you aren't connected to the hive mind anymore, so no, you wouldn't be affected. Theoretically. The Doctor begins to head towards the door. Mark follows, taking a quick glimpse of the monitor as he walks by. He stops in front of it and looks at it closely. The Doctor opens the door. Uh, Doctor? The doctor takes no notice and steps out of the door. Outside seems to be a large control room. The space is filled with many high-tech devices and gadgets. As well as this, the room is completely full of Cybermen. Ah, I did try to tell you. The doctor does take a step back but realizes its futility as all of the Cybermen in the room stop working to look at him. Why aren't they doing anything? Shouldn't they be shooting at us? They've obviously been told not to. More interestingly, everything makes sense now. The building is a ship. The regeneration energy is used to power the ship and go back in time. They see Muto once more, still in his tattered attire. So nice of you to join us, Doctor. We were worried sick about you. Oh, and look, you brought us a gift. Oh, that's so sweet of you. He gestures toward the TARDIS. It's a shame we already have everything we need. What are you trying to do? You've already taken over New Earth. Why do you still feel like you need more? You obviously didn't understand what I said last to you, Doctor. About the war between the Cybermen and New Earthlings? Oh, I understood it. I just don't think it's possible for you to go back in time and win the war. You don't think we have the technology? There's that, yeah. But also, wouldn't it create a massive paradox? Oh no, we have that covered, Doctor. You obviously still haven't caught on yet. What's the one piece of technology that could repair a paradox once one has been created? 
the Paradox Restorer. That's impossible. It's not. Thankfully, our leader graciously lent it to us to use for his master plan. Your master? Who are they? Suddenly, a nearby Cyberman walks over to Muto. All Cybermen are aboard ship. Time warp is ready. Activate it now. Let's prove the Doctor wrong. Stop. The Cybermen begin moving, pushing buttons, touching screens. Muto, tell me. Do you have a small voice inside your head instructing people what to do? Obviously not. Why should I? I am the leader. I thought you just said you had a master. Well, uh, yes. B but I take orders from him directly. <laughs> if you're such a leader, why did they give you such a used and shabby suit? It was the suit of an old leader. Sadly gone now. I haven't seen any leader looking like that and trust me, I've seen them all. You should know that. I don't have time for these antics, Doctor. You know, I think... I think they just gave you an old suit. I don't even think it's connected to the hive mind. I think they were going to get rid of you once your job was done. You're just too gullible and naive to notice. Stop this now before- No! You have all of this wrong, Doctor. Get him. Lock them away. Oh, and if that rogue Cyberman, reconvert them. Mudo leaves the room just as few of the Cybermen stop what they're doing in advance on the group. Nice going, Doctor. Great idea. Anger him. Well, I was thinking that maybe he'd slightly listen. What do we do? Well, if we move, we get captured. If we don't move, we get captured. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Doctor. As always, filling me with confidence. As the Cybermen near the group, Ray begins to shake. Oh. What is it? The power of emotion. One thing Cybermen can't use against us. Wait, Ray? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Cybermen. I'd love to stay in chat, but I think my friend here has something they want to say first. Mark, get down. Mark and the doctor get down to the ground as Ray's metallic body shakes more and more vigorously. Suddenly, the same blue wave of electricity shoots out of Ray and collides into the oncoming Cybermen. They all fall to the floor, shaking as sparks fly out of their metallic bodies. Well done, Ray. The power of emotion is a great thing, a thing the Cybermen have made good use of. Come on, they'll be back up and running shortly. We have to find Muto. How about stopping what they're doing here? The doctor runs over to one of the control panels. No, we're too late. The ship's already in the war zone. We've already gone back in time. And the ship doesn't have enough energy to get back. So, no going back now. Our best bet is following Muto. He's probably gone to visit... The master. The three of them left the room and headed down a long corridor. At the end of the corridor are some stairs. Of course. The map of the hive mind is only on a 2D screen. So we were on the spot with all the energy, just slightly below it. We are heading into battle now. Get ready to face to the fellow cyber ship. Well, that's not good. Because they're going to be more Cybermen. Well, yeah, obviously. They make it up the stairs and find themselves in a dimly lit room, lit only by many wires and something on a pedestal in the center of the room. Muto was kneeling in front of it, 
He should be delayed now, sir. Muto, think about what you're doing. You could stop this. Why would I want that? Everything is going according to the plan. Soon we shall... Let me talk to them. Muto instantly obeys. He bows and then backs away, uncovering what was placed upon the pedestal. It seemed to be a Cyberman's head. The doctor walks over to it. Keep away from the master. It's okay, Muto. So then, I'm guessing you're the hive mind of this Cyberman army? You are just as clever as I remember, Doctor. You know me? Ah, yes. A lifetime ago. The doctor circles the head, looking at its every dent and scratch place on it. I'm sorry, I don't remember you. And so you should it. We, well I as I am now, haven't met yet. And what's that supposed to mean? We met when I was younger. Much younger. I had a plan. A plan with an old friend. My only friend. A friend that you killed because you intervened. Just like you are today. So that's why you've done what you've done today. To finish off what you started. Exactly. And for revenge. Revenge? Oh, Doctor. You know you did this to me. You were the one to destroy my body. To make me utterly useless. You were the one to destroy my only friend. The only person who actually understood me. I remember I used to call him Master. This is what I am seeking revenge for. The downfall of my plan. The death of my friend. The loss of my body. Hang on. But Mito calls someone the Master. Doesn't that mean they're still alive? Oh no, they are long gone. That part of me was killed by you. I just got Muto to call me his Master. To release in old memories. All Cybermen from other ship have agreed to join this hive mind. Joining in progress. So what's your reason for doing this? Why kill an entire planet's worth of people? All those who are new Earthlings should die in hell. He's just caught up thinking about how badly he was treated by his father. And you? Ah. The same reason. Interesting. So is your plan any different? Different to this one? No, in fact it was exactly the same. Except last time, the Master and I didn't use the Paradox Restorer correctly. This time, I'm sure to use it well. Do you know how hard it is to get the Paradox Restorer? How did you get it twice in one lifetime? It's not hard through the means of time travel. You see, we were flung back in time during the last plan. When that failed, I just got the Paradox Restorer the same way my master got it when he and I were younger. But instead of you and your master, this time it was you and Muto. Thankfully, yes. After I fell from the battlefield last time. After losing it all to you. Muto, a child then, found me. Repaired me. And we started coming up with our plan. Can I just get one thing clear? Both of you started this because you and your respective masters wanted the same thing. 
Both starting it because you hate your father and you as people. Both getting the Paradox Restorer and both using the same plan. Well, yeah, that's correct. Interesting. Doesn't it seem odd to you? Well, both of you. That your stories sound ever so similar. No, it doesn't. Because I know the ending of my story will be different. We will rise victorious. It's also funny that both of your heads are almost identical. Besides a few bumps on this one. He gestures towards the Cyberman head on the pedestal. What's he doing? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he has to figure out something. Don't you see? You're exactly the same person. This Muto... He gestures at the head again. ...is future you. Muto thinks for a bit. His posture worsens the more he thinks. Is this true? Wow, I don't remember myself being this thing. Of course we are the same. Go on. Tell him why he isn't part of the hive mind. Time warp taking place in 20 seconds. Well, since we haven't got much time, if we're both part of hive mind, it will cause too much interference. Two of the same can be one in hive mind. Excuses, excuses. That's not it. You just remember not being granted access to the hive mind when you were younger, and now you want full control of the Cybermen without any of my say. If it wasn't for me, we wouldn't be here, and you would be dead. Do you really think this is a good time to talk about this? Think. We are about to cleanse New Earth of its people. They will all become the superior race. And we will be in control of it. No. You will, not me. That's why you gave me this shabby suit. It's easier to throw away once you're done with me. Right. Enough of this. Prepare to warp. Five. Four. Three. The doctor runs over to the Cyberman head and they all disappear in a flash of light. Leaving just Mark and Ray. What just happened? I don't know. Shall we just go back to the TARDIS? I mean, all the Cybermen are gone now. They must have teleported away with the rest of them. Yeah. The Doctor feels like he's being tossed about everywhere while in the warp. Suddenly they land with a crash. The doctor looks up and sees they're on a totally different ship. This one is completely made of metal and is very dark, lit up by only the holographic screens and the lights that shine from the Cybermen. Very close by is the Cyberhead being held by Muto. The doctor instantly gets up. Muto! You won't mess up our plan now, Doctor! Don't you think you deserve a bit more power, Muto? Well, yeah, but that's not the issue at the moment. We have a war to win. Assemble Squadron C into an arrow formation. Suddenly, an entire fleet of small cyberships pass the window. Muto watches as they rearrange themselves into an arrow shape. See? Right there. You could have been ordering that to happen. Send a few guards up here to take care of our unwanted guests. 
The only thing stopping you is him. The doctor gestures to the head and takes a few steps forward slowly. You can have all of this control, Muto. All you have to do is give me the head. <laughs> and what would that do? The doctor brings out his sonic and waves it to Muto. See? I have this. I could very easily transfer control to you and get rid of it from him. Don't listen to him, Muto. You will get your control in time. Now yes, in time, or right now. You need to make your decision now. Muto suddenly sticks his hand out. It is holding the head. The doctor smiles and takes it off of him. What have you done, you idiot? Stop him before he does anything. Guards quicker. The doctor sticks the sonic inside the head of the Cyberman that he uses it. Lights in the What have you done? Suddenly, the guards nearing the doctor stop in place. The doctor turns to the window watching the small cyber ships leave formation and just head off in a straight line. Is this it? Am I... am I in control? Not exactly. This... He tosses the head to the floor. Was the hive mind. It cannot be transferred. All the Cybermen stem from this head. You should know that. What? Oh dear. Looks like you've got a bit of an issue on your hands. With no central hive mind to get instructions from, all these Cybermen are going to shut down. Your army is shutting down. The doctor brings out his TARDIS key. He buzzes it with his sonic and begins to glow. Good luck, Muto. I'm going to head off. <laughs> get it? Anyways, uh, good luck. He brings the key up to his mouth. Get me out of here. No, 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 no. Muto runs toward the doctor as the TARDIS materializes around him and disappears. Muto runs to the TARDIS and into a wall. I will get you, doctor. Just then, a cyber ship flew straight into the side of the cyber ship Muto was on. Both blew up immediately, sending masses of debris into the vastness of space. Muto watched as all this happened and found himself in space along with everything else. He was slowly drifting towards the planet down below. New Earth. As he entered the atmosphere and fell, he grew closer and closer to a very familiar place to him. He landed on the grass and tried to move his body, not knowing that his body was completely gone. Suddenly a child walked up to him and stood over him. Oh, hello, Mr. Head. My name is Marcus. Marcus Muto. <laughs> Ray and Mark watched as the doctor faced into view. He turned around to the surprised Ray and Mark. Thank you, old girl. I see you're feeling a lot better. What did you do? Well, years ago, I charged up the key with some of the TARDIS's Arctron energy. It takes years to do that, and thankfully, I had just enough energy. The TARDIS was drawn to the key, and it saved me. Did you do it? What? Save the world? Mm, kinda. What does that mean? Well, I made it so that the Cybermen lost the war. That was pretty easy. So, yes, I did save New Earth. In the past. How about... New Earth present? No. Everyone is most probably dead from being turned into a Cyberman. But, good news, 
The paradox of stories kept safe nicely in a time loop. How does that news outweigh the bad news in any way? Everyone I have known and loved are dead. My family, friends, everyone. Hang on, I, I have an idea. Why don't we just go back in time and get Ray's friend? That would never work. She would never believe us. She would if Ray was back to normal. Is, is that possible? Of course. All we have to do is go to the best hospital in the universe. Actually, that's where we were supposed to go after this anyway, so it works perfectly. So you're saying I can be changed back and get my friend back? Of course. Right then. Right, that should do it. Are you guys ready to go? Of course. Yes, yes, go. Here we go.